Hello, fellow grievers. You have found the leftover pieces, Suicide Loss Conversations, and I am Melissa, your podcast host. Join me for real conversations and candid talk on hard topics surrounding the loss of a loved one to suicide. I talk with other loss survivors, mental health experts, advocates, and sometimes I offer my own thoughts. Every week we explore the questions that haunt us, seek the courage to uncover the healing tools within us, and hopefully offer the comfort of a community that we all need so very much. It's true our hearts and lives have been shattered, but come along with me, and together let's choose to find meaning and even happiness amid the leftover pieces before us. Welcome. Hello, grievers. Today you have reached Season 1, Episode 28 of The Leftover Pieces. Today, my conversation is with the founder of Cheller's House of Rocks, Cheller herself. Cheller and I were introduced to each other through grief and have bonded through community. Cheller's going to share with us that learning to live side by side with your grief and not get over it is something she believes in just as I do. Cheller had two significant losses back to back. And while neither of them were in the suicide loss space, they were extremely significant and life-changing to her as well. They sent her down a path of complete transformation. And I know that many of you listening can completely understand that. Cheller and I initially connected through a mutual contact, Laura Harmon, who has the podcast, My Condolences. And Cheller was a friend of hers, and Laura knew that I liked crystals. I'm not really sure how she knew, but she did. And the rest is kind of history. Cheller and I have been in each other's lives for over the last year, and she's become an extremely important part of what I call my my wellness toolkit. Cheller talks about how, from her standpoint, with both of the losses that she had close together, that she found it very difficult to be navigating the grief associated with the loss while at the same time navigating their physical presence being gone from her life. And I'm not sure I'd ever really thought about it that way. It's a very interesting perspective. Cheller had lots of things in her life that she'll share with us that were kind of happening at the same time. Lots of synchronicities that brought her to where she is now. She shares how Her losses and the grief that followed set off a chain of events in her life that caused her to rediscover her own beliefs and her own self. You're going to hear Cheller and I laugh and cry together. And somewhere in the middle, it may seem like we're just having a rambling conversation. But I promise if you stick with us, it does all come together. And I promise it finishes strong with a message about finding community as part of healing. By the end of this conversation, I'm sure you're going to love Cheller as much as I do. Hi, welcome Cheller. Hi. It's so great to have you on. I'm so thankful that you were willing to come on and have this conversation with me. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Um, I'm going to start today. I know everybody's already heard the intro, um, and so they they know that your loss is not in the suicide space, but I would like to start, just like I do with everybody else, letting you share a little bit of your loss story and where that's uh, brought you to in your life. All right. I have my tissues ready. 
you know, I, I was, I don't know if fortunate is the right word, but I'm one of those that didn't experience what I now would term as true grief until later in life in my mid thirties. Um, really it wasn't until just a few years ago when my grandfather on my mom's side passed who it took me off guard, how difficult that was. And this was also happening at the same time that my father was having very serious health complications. So my grandfather was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and he would, he would pass within 40 days of that diagnosis and living. I live in Los Angeles. My family lives in Utah and living far away made it that much more difficult at the time. I was able to see my grandpa before he passed. Um, but it was, it was difficult to have someone removed from your life that was always there. And it was not until knowing that he was going to physically be gone <laughs> that I really started to notice how much I would miss his presence. And then when he was gone, I wouldn't know what to do with that lack of presence. And that's when with him gone and with my father going through a lot of health complications and not knowing if my father would, would make it. That's when what I feel now is true grief really started to set in. And it was about this time also that an aunt of mine who was like a second mom in a lot of ways. Um, she was someone who was present in my life since I was a child in a very loving and compassionate way, in a way that my mother wasn't able to be for me. And she was going through cancer herself, esophageal cancer. And around this time is when it was becoming apparent that she probably would not recover. And so dealing with the grief of my grandfather, whom I was very close to, and then having, you know, this person who was like a second mother, who I lived with for a very short time, but a very formidable time of my life, who taught me what true love and true Fam what family really was, she was starting to, the not, I should say the knowledge of her being removed from my life was, was imminent as well. And when she passed six months after my grandfather, that's when the grief got even that much deeper. And I didn't know how to handle it. I didn't. And I'm only, I would say I'm only in the last six months, only starting to understand how to handle it. But them not being in my life anymore was harder than I could ever imagine. 
loss, um, significant loss is, well, transformative, um, to say the least. Um, we can just sit with that for a second because, I mean, everybody listening has um, had significant loss in their life and understands to their core um, what the loss of somebody so significant does to you. And it is a learning curve on how to learn to live with it. And I know that we've spoken enough over this last year to know that you understand that I believe that we don't get over our losses when there's, especially when they're significant. Can we get over the loss of, you know, um, certain things and, and, and kind of move through it and heal? I believe that there are things in our life that we absolutely can to say that we, we incorporate every loss into us, into ourselves. But when it's someone that we love as much as we love our immediate family and our spouse and our um, grandparents and the people that are our family, you don't quit loving someone just because they die. Yeah. And so as long as you love somebody, you're going to grieve them. So it's about learning to live successfully with your loss and your grief and kind of live side by side with it. And mm -hmm. that's hard. It takes a lot of tools. It takes a lot of practice. <laughs> it takes a lot of intention. And I know that um, I shared it briefly in the intro, but that our connection came through somebody else that had experienced a loss um, mm -hmm. And her loss wasn't in the suicide space either, but it was someone who is a friend of yours that I was actually a guest on her podcast um, mm -hmm. because she had not, um, she, her podcast is, is called uh, My Condolences and her name is Laura Harmon. And I know she will not, not hate me bringing her name up at all. She's a budding <laughs> actress, anyone that would like to go check her out. Um, but she, um, that's how we came to be connected to each other was through, through loss. So that's yeah. um, not only have our pet and there's no, you and I both believe that there aren't accidents, right? right? So maybe my connection with Laura was always meant to be the fact that it was going to connect me to you. I mean, I believe mm -hmm. that it isn't that I'm not supposed to be connected to Laura, but I believe there was a greater purpose in my connection with her. And there's mm -hmm. so, and that's why you're on today to talk about how I want to hear you talk about how the losses have changed you, like how the immediate impact was with how it's integrating into your life today, but then kind of the parallel journey that's occurred as you've learned to implement tools and kind of carve out your own life kind of in the wake of these losses to be kind of who you are and to go into then, and you don't have to do this all at once, but mm -hmm. to kind of go into the pieces of, of how you came to get reconnected with crystals, because people that are listening, um, if they've listened to any of my other podcasts, um, or at least a handful of them, I definitely talk about the fact that I can, I, I consider myself a resident of Wooville. So I'm, I'm full on into um, crystals and energy work. And I believe in that when people die, they are still, um, their spirit is still with us. They're mm -hmm. still here just in another form. Mm -hmm. And so we have a connection with all of those things. Plus your community that you've built 
has also become in many ways my community as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And the people have become so interwoven. And so that's some of what I want you to talk about. But why don't you start by talking about just embellishing a little bit more on how those losses changed you and you had, you have very young children. So you were experiencing these losses also at the time that you were dealing with being a fairly new mom and a mom of one of them was really tiny at the time. And so kind of how that affected you initially, how maybe it affected your family structure, but then then how you've grown with it. Yeah. 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 It's, it's interesting. Um, when you're not just talking about the passing of a loved one, but you're also talking about the first time you've really felt that deep grief and that the fact that you have to navigate your grief alongside not having the presence of a loved one at the same time, I don't know how that couldn't change you. And for me, I was raised with the belief of an afterlife, a before life and an afterlife, a heaven. And so, and I, and I do, I do believe that they're, they continue on after passing as well. And so that was something that I not necessarily clung to after they were gone, but it was something that was reassuring in those dark times that they weren't completely gone. And I think that having that, having something to hold on to that was a solid belief allowed me to change a lot of other beliefs that I had without completely feeling lost and I don't have, maybe I can only say that now because I'm on the path of feeling better. <laughs> I mean, I don't know the correct terms because we're all still, like you said, it's still there. It still hurts. It's still painful. You learn to live with it. But it allowed me to, to have these big significant changes in my life, um, such as the crystals, um, and have things completely, completely turn around, completely change the way that I was living, the way that I was raising my family, the way that I interacted with my husband, because what was important before changed also. And that, that changes your, that just changes you. So I know I'm speaking kind of broad strokes here. So to kind of narrow that down for me specifically, uh, for for me living through that, I I felt like I was coping. And I think my husband thought that I was crumbling. And I think that, I think that both are true. I think that I was crumbling knowing that, knowing that I wouldn't completely collapse. I think that there were pieces of me crumbling as you talk about the leftover pieces that resonates within my heart and my soul so much because there were pieces of me crumbling. However, I believe that there are moments in your life where it feels as though 
someone has just taken a chisel to your heart and hammered away at it and completely removes that outer layer that you thought was your protection. But then continuing on down the path of healing, you realize, oh, it was opening me up for greater things. It was opening me up for more compassion, for more love, for more understanding of others. So during that time, I was feeling as though I was crumbling and as though I was lost and as though I didn't know how to be myself because it was so overshadowing. It was all consuming. And I know that a lot of people understand that it doesn't have to be an immediate family member, you know, your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, for it to affect you because family is what we make it. Our attachments are are our attachments. It doesn't matter if they're family or not or how close they are. And these were people who were integral girl in my life and I would no longer have you know their in my eyes in this moment I'd no longer have their and their assurance that life continues on or that life gets better as you get older or you know that's how it felt in the moment it felt that way and it just felt very dark and bleak and trying to refigure out what is the purpose, you know, what is, what is life after you've lost someone when you didn't know that loss? I don't know if I'm answering your question directly, but. No, I mean, there's, well, first of all, there's no, right way to answer it it's really just more thoughts for us to talk and um i mean you've said so many things that resonate with me so i know they i know they resonate with everybody that's listening um it's it's interesting to hear you talk about you know the the metaphor of taking a chisel to your heart and and i know that i've explained the leftover pieces before so i won't go into that necessarily but you know, just the broad stroke of that is that for me, you know, I had somebody very close to me say that after Alex died, all that was there was the leftover pieces of Melissa. And in the context in which it was said, it was originally not said, I believe, to be in a very positive vein. It was, you know, through grief is hard and people don't feel, and I don't, it wasn't an argument per se. It was just not meant to be an overly positive thing in that moment. And I took it, you know, kind of as a stab in the heart initially. And within a very short period of time, like hours, I thought to myself, why does that have to be a bad thing? Why does, why does the leftover pieces of me have to be a bad thing? I knew that a sledgehammer had been taken to my heart. Yeah. When my son drew his last breath and there wasn't any way for me to be able to put it back together and have it look the same. I, you know, that's why my logo has holes in it because 
um, there's there's a couple there's at least a couple of parts of me that are just gone. But it doesn't mean my life doesn't go on and it's still a heart and it still beats and I still get up every morning. But the idea was you still can build something from the leftover pieces. And so, and it, and in many ways, I mean, none of us would say that we wouldn't trade it all to have our loved ones back. Cause without even thinking about it, blinking when in an instant, what I would trade my life because it's my mm-hmm. child, mm-hmm. but I can't, it's not an option. So because of that, you know, I have to be honest in saying that there are things that will come out of my life that will be probably greater and maybe for higher purpose and um, lived and felt on a deeper level because of my loss. So in many ways, what the leftover pieces is going to build and will end up being for me is going to be greater than if I had never had my heart shattered on this level again. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Still would rather have it not be shattered, but since I can't undo that, it's, it's about, you know, trying to make the best out of what I have. And, you know, I'm like you, I'm like, am I just rambling? Does any of this make sense? Am I getting back to the point? Cause I know what you were saying, and this is going to be just one big, you know, Cheller and Melissa sob fest here, um, um, which, you know, we'll get to later happens on a regular basis when, when, when I interact with Cheller, um, and that's not bad. I actually, um, and maybe you want to speak to that next. I don't shy away from crying. Crying doesn't scare me any more than laughing does. Um, but I know that you have shared, and I'd love to hear you talk about it because some people listening probably feel the same that crying openly and having your emotions be raw is something that is fairly new to you as far as a comfort level. And that kind of speaks to what you were talking about with having that outer outer level chiseled away to have kind of a raw heart. And I think you feel a lot of times like it's super raw now. And I applaud you for that because I think we have to feel everything and you're going to, you are experiencing great growth through this that I know you would, you know, some of it, you'd probably say I'd trade it, but again, can't. So, and the sad part for me is that I, I experienced significant loss when I was 30 because I lost my father and he was, mm-hmm. um, 48 years old. I'm now 52. So um, dad seemed, you know, fairly old when I was 30 and he was 48. Now I realize, I mean, I I realized it was young, but I realized how young it was now. Mm -hmm. And so I thought he'd know his great grandkids and he was diagnosed and gone within four months. And so we just kind of had, and, but I had three little children. I was in an unhealthy marriage. I had been raised in an unhealthy uh, environment with my mother. I was very close to my dad, but it was a very codependent, unhealthy situation. It was all I knew. So at the time, I didn't get uh, how unhealthy it was. But my dad was a very good dad. And I was other than my kids, he was the most important person to me on the planet, even more important than my spouse was at the time. (laughs) And, And so I should have been busted open with that, but I didn't have time Yeah, I didn't have time. And I was super um, in charge of everything in my life. I was the person that had to keep it all together. And I had three tiny children. Parker, who's now 23, was um, one years old when my dad died. Um, He turned one the week after. So he was just one. So I had a four and a half year old, a three year old and a one year old Mm -hmm. and a mother who couldn't cope. And -hmm. I had to help her deal with her estate and all the things. And so I just never really allowed it. So what it did was crack the surface. 
Yeah. Correct. And then um, over time, I lost a couple of friends, nobody that was in my immediate circle, but I lost some classmates that kind of always hit you when you're like, oh, my God, my classmates are dying. Like, that means I could die. But and then I lost my grandparents. I had all of my grandparents until, you know, past my dad died before my grandparents did uh, long before. And so then I lose my grandparents. And one of my grandmothers was like my more I'm closer to her than I ever could have been to my mother. My mother and I have always had a strained relationship and don't even speak now, haven't for years. Um, but so then I lost my grandparents. And by when I lost my grandma, I, I felt like that, that crack, that outer just kind of was like barely hanging on. So by the time I lost Alex, mm. I mean, I don't know how I scried. I'm still scraping pieces up, I think, but, but I just, that's why I tell people my heart shattered into a million pieces. It would have anyway. Yeah. Um, but this has brought in more than just the grief of Alex. Initially, the first couple of years, there was no room for anything else. Mm-hmm. It's been four and a half, just over four and a half years. And to say that in this last year, I haven't started dealing more with the pain that I had from the loss of my dad that I never really dealt with and the pain that I had from the loss of my grandma that was so significant to me. I have mm-hmm. finally started dealing with those losses, mm-hmm. which, you know, 20 some years later, it's about time, right? Um, but this significant of a loss in any time you have, it, 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 it does something different to us every time. And, um, you know, that's some of what you've seen happen is it's, it's been life changing. It's changed how you've looked at things. Right. Um, right. so, you know, I know I told people in the very beginning, they're probably, some of them are probably thinking, when are they going to get around to talking about the rocks? So, <laughs> um, and, and I laugh because I take crystals and crystal energy very serious, but I don't take anything so serious in my life that I can't laugh at it. And I get mm-hmm. that I get, and my husband who believes very much in the fact that this matters to me as much as it does, mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily experience the same feeling from crystals, but he has a hundred percent belief in why I feel the way I do. And I think he knows it's because I'm willing to be in tune with it. And he isn't, I think yeah. he fully believes in the energy of crystals. Um, I'm about to let you like roll on and on. I need to stop talking. Um, But this is for me, rocks and crystals, we'll call it rocks initially, but I have been interested in rocks my whole life. I had a, had a grandma who lived in Iowa where they have um, a specific type of geode and she lived next door to this man who had mountains of geodes in his Mm. home, all around his home built. It was kind of weird. We called him the rock man. Um, but, but inside these geodes, oh my God, I mean, you know what it's like inside of them. And so I, and I used to, I have a cousin makes fun of me to this day. She'll talk about Missy's box of rocks because even as a little kid, I used to have a cigar box at my other grandma's house that was full of my grandma had a rock tumbler. And so unbeknownst to me at the time, apparently she must've liked rocks a lot too, because why would she have had a rock tumbler? Yeah, She would find stones and she would tumble them and polish them. And it fascinated me. And every time we would go to those gift stores that you would, you know, Uh the big red and white striped ones in the Ozarks or whatever, I'm always the one beelining it to the big tank full of rocks (laughs) that you can fill in the little velvet bag. And everybody else is one other things. And of course, Melissa just wants rocks. Well, it took (laughs) until a handful of years ago before, after the loss of Alex, before I was willing to finally, um, allow that to be what it is. I, I tell people that, that know me and love me, or maybe they don't love me, but I tell them anyway, 
that <laughs> I'm living a more authentic version of myself than I have ever lived, um, partially because I've been stripped down to nothing by my grief. And part yes. of that involves the energy of things of the earth. And for me, a big part of that is crystal. So I like to hear as Cheller of Cheller's House of Rocks, how you <laughs> came to um, be the rock lady and what Cheller's House of Rocks started as, because I don't think you probably started it with the same intention of where it's headed and where it is now. <laughs> sure. There you go. Uh, That's a lot to dump on you. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is, this is um, I, yeah, no, I love talking about this. So I'm, <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited to have this part of the conversation. I feel like um, I can talk a lot too. So you're going to have to monitor my talking also. Um, and no, I, you know, I think an important part of my story that I haven't really talked about, and I did briefly share with you, Melissa, is that prior to <laughs> my grandfather and my aunt's passing, I had, um, I had made a decision to step away from the church that I was born and raised into. And that was a very hard thing because my entire family are still active members of that church. And, you know, it's very, um, it's a Christian church and, and it's very much the belief that, uh, that it is the one true church, like many, many do believe, but I just found that my beliefs didn't line up. Um, there was no negativity. There was no anger, you know, towards this church that I was born and raised in quite the opposite. I was very grateful, but there were just some fundamental values that I had that just didn't line up. And with my kids, you know, being so little, it just came to a point where I felt like I needed to make a decision for both, not only myself, but how I'd want to raise my kids and move forward. And it might sound weird to bring that up, but it is a huge part of what brought me to Crystal's. And um, a huge part of, of an all-encompassing story with my grief and, um, and, and everything else. So, um, you know, as I'm consciously stepping away from this church that I was raised in for 34 years, um, that came with a lot of uncertainty as well. You know, it, it felt like I was having to re- uh, rediscover what are my true beliefs and, and what are my everything? What, what do I love? What do I believe? What do I want to teach my kids? All of this. And, and it was both exciting and difficult. And much like you growing up as a kid, I was the one racing to the rock section, you know, while everybody else was getting the fun toys and the candies and everything. I was racing to, to the rocks. I was a kid who played in the dirt, who made different concoctions with mud and sticks and everything else. I was running around with the boys playing night games. Um, so that I've always had a love of rocks and everything that comes from the earth. Um, yeah, me too. Wood, metal, all those yes. things that are very tactile and organic. Yes, absolutely. I used to get made fun of because I would collect sticks and put them in jars, like really cool yeah. sticks or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I always had a love of them, but just 
on surface level, just the, just the beauty of them, just, you know, obviously was drawn to them for some reason, but it wasn't until, until about this time that I start, they started presenting themselves into my life more. And I say that because, you know, it was the real, I would say that the, that the biggest kind of turning point of like having it come into my life and knowing that this was going to be a more dominant part of my life was, was at a, at a um, festival with my sister, an outdoor festival. And there was a woman who sold crystal necklaces and she sold the pendants and the necklace separate so that you could, and, and she came and she spoke to me and she said, okay, this is, this is how I instruct people to select a crystal. Close your eyes take a deep breath in, exhale and clear your mind. As soon as you open your eyes, the crystal will call to you. And as soon as I opened my eyes, there were immediately two that it was almost like they jumped out at me. And it was that moment that I realized this is why I love crystals. I've always been in tune with the spiritual side of myself. I've always felt a little bit more woo than I think the average person. And, you know, you say you live in this other, this other land and I'm your neighbor, Melissa, I am right there with you. (laughs) I always have been, but that was the moment where it kind of, uh, my love of crystals came back really full force into my life. And I knew at that moment that this would be a big part of my life going forward. And so I started, you know, started slowly with not necessarily learning all the metaphysical properties, still just allowing myself on surface level to be drawn to whatever crystal I was drawn to. It wasn't, you know, for a few months um, of actually, you know, starting to actually collect crystals and know what the names are. I remember when I had a Labradorite stone and I had no idea what it was called, but I was like, can you believe that it shines like this? Look at that, you know, trying to explain it to a friend. And And the earth made this. (laughs) From the earth. (laughs) So it, it wouldn't be for a while that I actually started to understand, you know, what their names were and what their metaphysical properties are. However, I knew that I was drawn to them. I knew that there was more to them than this. And I knew that it was helping me in my spirituality. It was helping me feel connected to the earth and connected to nature and connected to something greater than myself. And even though I was still trying to figure out what my beliefs are, this grounded me, so to speak. <laughs> That's not a pun on words either. That's, <laughs> I guess it could be, maybe I it should. Is, it maybe is punny, but it is, <laughs> it's but appropriately it, punny. Yes. It allowed me to both feel sort of lost and also secure at the same time. And so I really took hold of this new um, rediscovered love, I guess you could say. I really took hold of it as kind of my, oh my gosh, here's another pun for you. It it gave me a rock to hold on to. <laughs> I mean, in more ways than one, you know, it just gave me something solid to focus on when I felt so uncertain. I 
I, I, I'm kicking myself for never thinking of it. Gave, gives me a rock to hold on to. Like <laughs> I, I, I'm not one of those funny people. Like I retain jokes and can tell jokes all day. Like I struggle to remember actual jokes, but I like to think I'm fairly witty and I am fairly punny <laughs> and sarcastic. And so puns come to me easily. And I've yet to have ever, gosh, dang it, Cheller. I've never come up to, well, it just gives me a rock to hold on to, or it's a rock in a stormy sea, or now I can think of all these things, but you know, it's, and speaking about grief specifically, and for and for me, I, I you've had me while you were telling your story thinking, when and how did crystals reintroduce themselves to me um, mm. on this level? Kind of like you said, on this mm. level, they've never really been mm-hmm. gone. I've had certain little rocks and stones that I've had around for years, like maybe this was one my grandma had or my dad had or things mm-hmm. like that. But when I first was re, when the crystals started, you know, feeling like they really resonated and had a place in my life. And I started, like you said, collecting them. I mean, it's been since I lost Alex, but here's the problem with this traumatic of a grief. I'm, there's some of my memories in the first few years that are so fuzzy Mm -hmm. that what I'll probably do, and I'll talk about it in a future episode, uh, maybe a down the rabbit hole episode of where crystals did reintroduce themselves to me and how, because I'm like finding myself going, what was the moment that I crossed over that bridge and fully embraced the fact that yes, holding different crystals and stones made me feel different ways. The energy, this to me, you know, all goes into things like um, the, the tools that I talk about for the loss of someone to suicide or the loss of intense traumatic grief. Mm-hmm. For me, one of the tools that has been most important to me is learning to do things like meditate, Mm-hmm. Because I have to have places that I have to learn to quiet my mind and I have to learn to center and do things that otherwise an otherwise tornadic feeling would just take over. And so crystals have been integral in that for me, you know, I'm also studying to be an energy healer and things like that. And to me, the energy of the crystals, the different energies that are involved are very integral in our chakra alignment and our energy centers. And, you know, it's, again, it's how to look at things differently and how to, but it's really more about being in tune with your entire body, which I talk about a lot in this podcast, because mental health, you know, physical health, isn't it mental health is, is a part of it. It's all interconnected. And Mm -hmm. our bodies are made up of energy. If you remove, which here's the thing, when you face death so much, Mm-hmm. The, the idea of death is ever present in my life as to where it wasn't before at yeah. some point. And so the idea of death, when you're faced with that as a reality, you you do need something to ground you, but you also realize that there's something so fragile about the human spirit because mm-hmm. if there wasn't, if it was just about our, our hearts beating and our minds working and our blood flowing, you know, those are the mechanics, then we would all be the same. Mm-hmm. And it's all about the energy that it takes to, so when you allow yourself and the, you know, there's studies that have been done on the brain and how we only use a certain portion of it. And I know that, you know, there's four different states of sleep, fully awake, fully asleep, and then two states in between. And when you really get into studying some of this, 
you realize that it's about learning to connect with yourself on different levels. And that's where you learn to connect with the energies of not only yourself, but other people and Mm -hmm. crystals of the planet are tied directly to that. And anybody that ever wants to debunk it, I mean, that's a whole nother conversation, but, (laughs) but they wouldn't have their cell phones if it weren't for quartz crystals. So if anybody wants to deny the power that comes from a crystal, we can start with something that's right in front of them and say, the technology that you appreciate and love today wouldn't exist without crystals from the planet. Yep. You yep. know, it's kind of an all off Superman type of crystal cave thing, but yep. there's some truth to it. Really? There's a, yeah. There's a, re- there's a reason why all that. And so for you, you know, you started, I want to know how you decided you were going to take this little leap from I've now reconnected <laughs> with crystals and I love, I love crystals and I'm going to have, I'm going to build a crystal business around it and I'm going to jump online somebody who, you know, self-admittedly doesn't, um, didn't used to love vulnerability and putting yourself out there. Now I'm going to be on Instagram and have Cheller's <laughs> House of Rocks. And how did that all come to be? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a really interesting thing. I'll try again, not to get too wordy here. Um, but I was a new, newer mother at the time. Like, like I said, um, you know, I had a one-year-old and a, and a three-year-old and, and, my, well, four, I guess he was about four years old at the time, one and a half and four years old. And as I started to get more crystals, I realized that my four-year-old tank was really into it. And he was really excited. Every time we got a new crystal, he would say, Oh mom, can I please have this one? Can this one please be mine? And, you know, I, it was all of a sudden something that he and I could connect on. Um, we did not, I did not have that beautiful story when I had my first child tank of where it was love at first sight when that child came out and it took a long time to feel connected to my baby and it was really hard. And I dealt with a lot of postpartum anxiety and, and just that, just not being connected to him. So to have something as he's four and asserting himself and finding his own independence and we're butting heads to have something that we could connect on. I took it and ran and, (laughs) and that coupled with my grief at the time, I really latched on to the crystals and I don't know if I would say necessarily to an unhealthy degree, but to a degree where it was, I I was spending too much money on crystals, I guess I'll say, you know, I was seeking them out. I was, and I, and I was telling myself that it was a healthy thing to do, that it was something that was helping my spirituality, that it was, you know, allowing me to stay more in tune with myself. It was connecting with my son tank, but it, it wasn't, I wasn't exploring crystals necessarily in the way that I wanted to. And so I was kind of grappling with this and you know, this, this is, uh, down the road, um, actually fast forward until about last summer. And, um, I had entered in the realm of Instagram lives. That's where a lot of people will sell crystals. Mm -hmm. And so I was, I was watching a lot of Instagram lives, um, buying a lot of crystals from them. And I, we were actually on our way to our COVID friendly friends, you know, our, our people that we feel safe with to an outside, um, 4th of July, uh, barbecue with them, you know, just like a simple outdoor dinner. And as we were driving up there, I said to my husband, you know, 
I really need something that's just mine. I'm a mom and that is 100% my most important role right now, but I, I feel lost. I feel like I almost don't even know who I am anymore. I need something that's mine. And how great would it be if I could find something that also generated some income where we could, you know, be better set up for our boys to go to school in the future. And, you know, all those conversations you have when you have little tiny kids and thinking about their future as well. And it was at this party that as I could not stop watching these Instagram lives, I um, took a moment to go into the bathroom. And as I was going to the bathroom, found myself you know, washing my hands and then pulling out my phone to look at the Instagram live. And it hit me. I thought, oh, I could do this. I could absolutely do this. I love crystals. I could totally do this. And so that evening I told my husband, I was like, I know what I can do. I know what I can do. I, I worked in, in clothing and home furnishings retail for so long. I have tons of customer service experience. I know that I could be a great seller. It would be awesome. I would love doing it. So he was on board. He was on board with it. And he said, okay, let's, let's do it. So I started buying crystals for inventory. And I started thinking about it and trying to think of a name and it started to not feel right. And it started to take away the beauty of crystals. And as I was going through that, not feeling like being a seller was what would spark my heart. (laughs) I started questioning, well, what is it that I do love? What is, what is it that's most important to me? And throughout my life, it's always been creating community, allowing other people to be seen and to be heard and to feel valued. And so I said, you know, I know we just spent a lot of money on crystals and I think something will happen with those crystals. I don't know what, I mean, we spent a lot of money on crystals to build this inventory for a store that I didn't have. (laughs) (laughs) And I basically went to my husband and I said, I, I can't do it. I can't, I can't do a shop, but what I really want to do is create a community on Instagram, create a page where people can explore their love of crystals. They can come together. They can talk about it because what crystal lovers share in common is that they feel a little weird about loving crystals. They feel a little weird about loving rocks. There is a stigma. There absolutely is a stigma. And there's so many people out there that are on board with meditation and mindfulness and all of this. So what if we created a space where we are demystifying crystals? We are allowing people to accept it the way we accept mindfulness, where we are able to come and know that whether you just love to decorate with crystals or you use them in your Reiki practice or you're just drawn to them and you don't know why and all of a sudden your house is filled with crystals, you can all come to one spot to have a community of like-minded people and to support each other and love each other and talk about it and not feel weird saying, yeah, what are the metaphysical properties of that crystal? And so that's, that's when it hit me, Cheller's House of Rocks. I want to invite people into my home to talk about rocks, 
So it's a quote unquote social gathering where we can all come together, not feel weird and talk about rocks, (laughs) talk about our love for crystals and mindfulness and meditation and bring it all together. And so I started Cheller's House of Rocks and quickly, very quickly, people started asking me to source crystals for them. And what was great is I had an inventory of crystals. So people would come to me and say, hey, I really liked that post that you made about this crystal. I've been thinking I need something to help me with my stress. Do you have anything that could help me with my stress? And so I would start to intuitively select handfuls of crystals and allow them to pick from that inventory that I had. And from there, it kind of spiraled (laughs) in a very, very wonderful direction. But I started doing, um, I started doing more um, Mm one-on-one, trying to help people one-on-one that way. And then I thought I can reach more people. People need help. They're looking for crystals to help them. And what better way than to have a safe space to not just buy crystals, but to understand what they're looking at, to understand how it can help them in their lives, to connect with other people and learn from them as well as they're buying. So it's not just this, what I was doing as like mindlessly buying crystals because I needed it to heal me, you know, Mm -hmm. but to actually like dive deeper and really look at what is it that you're going through and is there a crystal that can help you? And let's be, let's be mindful about how we are approaching this. And so I started doing lives, but I didn't want it to be just selling. So my first live, I had my table all set up um, with all these crystals done in the rainbow. It was gorgeous. And I thought, okay, I'll have these crystals, but first we're going to do some just relaxation and stretching. So I started my live and anxiety hit me and I started to panic. And so I was sitting there trying to do these stretches and it was very choppy and it was weird and I didn't know what I was doing. And I was so nervous that I could barely even speak properly. And then people started joining the live, you know, just a handful. There was, I don't know, maybe five people that joined that live And I didn't know what to do. I didn't know why was I doing this live? Was it to be mindful or was it to sell crystals? Why was I here? And I didn't sell a single crystal because I didn't know what I was doing. And I didn't have a purpose. So I stepped back again. I took some time to really think about what is it that I'm doing? What do I love? What is my purpose? And how can I move forward with that purpose? And so it took some time to continue to do the lives and to continue to try to navigate not being the typical crystal live seller, (laughs) not just focusing on showing the crystal and here's the price, who wants to buy it, but to actually be able to flip the camera around and show my face because crystal sellers don't always do that on Instagram. Most but of I them needed, don't. <laughs> yeah, most of them don't. But that was so important to me because I needed that connection to happen first and foremost. I didn't want to sell a single crystal unless there was a purpose behind it, unless there was a community behind it and a connection with the other people. It's kind of that thing like 
well, I, I'm here to help you. And in that helping you, if there is something else I can provide you with, then I would be happy to do that. But if you're just here to buy crystals and to think that I'm just here to sell crystals, we might not jive as much. You know, I'm here to make the connection first. Right. First. Well, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to jump in and, and, and toot your horn just a little bit, because I may not have been on that a very first, very first live. Cause I don't remember that one, but I was on one. I was on very, very early. I've been with yeah. you since the very beginning because yes. uh, the mutual friend that introduced us um, somehow knew that I enjoyed crystals. So through that, she said, Oh, like I said, I don't know how it came out and her and I having some exchange. We've talked um, separate from the podcast interview. We've talked a couple of times too, and somehow crystals. And she, so she reached out and said, you need to know that I have this friend that's starting to sell crystals. And I was immediately, you know, intrigued by Cheller's house of rocks. I thought, wow, that's the coolest name ever. (laughs) And the first few lives, um, like I said, maybe I wasn't on that initial first one. I don't remember. I don't think so, but I think I was on like one of the very next ones that Mm -hmm. you did sell a few crystals. I'm pretty sure I -hmm. probably was among some of your first buyer because I probably (laughs) bought them right away. I've been at both ends of the spectrum with crystal collecting because Here's the thing. Most sellers do not um, do not do what you do. And for me, when I was needing to, I mean, because then I, I entered into wanting to do energy work and physically work with crystals for grief. Mm-hmm. N- not long after I was connected with them and realized on the level that I was and, and was doing other things with my grief um, exploration and, and healing and things like that. And so knowing that there were certain crystals I needed to put in my toolbox, literally, I was kind of looking. And so I found a crystal seller that, I mean, to this day, I have, I would recommend her over and over again, if somebody was really wanting to bulk up their crystal collection or their crystal toolkit. Because do I have a, I feel like I have both. I have crystals that are more tools for me. I have crystals that are um, very personal. And then I have crystals that are more for, um, more for work. They're more tools that Mm -hmm. I would do energy work with or, you know, Reiki sessions or energy work sessions or different things. And so there's, there's, I have different, and then I have ones that I just enjoy and display and different things like that. So this particular crystal sorcerer was very good for that, even though she rare, like you said, if she turned the camera around, it was for that rare look at me with this necklace I have on because somebody asked if they could see how far it hung down or something Uh like that. Um, but even then she was usually apologetic of, sorry, my hair's a mess. And, uh, and she was, and people, <laughs> it's interesting to me because people would always say, oh my gosh, so good to see you. Or, you know, they'd maybe been with her for months and had no idea what she looked like or all these things. And her hands were beautiful. She could be a hand model and her <laughs> setups were great. And that had a place in my life. And I actually thought for in the beginning, when I, when I started um, coming to Cheller's house of rocks online, that that crystal seller would probably still be, I don't want to say my main crystal seller, but a crystal, a crystal supplier to me. And that I would just enjoy coming over and seeing what you had. And I knew you were new. And so, you know, obviously she has like an, a massive amount of inventory. That's yeah. crazy. And I don't know that I bought more than one or two or three more things from hers after I was um, involved oh. in crystals, Cheller community, uh, Ch- crystals, Cheller, 
Cheller's House of Rocks, your your community, because apparently the timing was right. The timing was divine and earthly because what I needed at that point was the community. Um, I needed, I mean, I still find them and drawn to um, crystal pieces on a regular basis. I still give you a decent amount of my money, <laughs> but um, it's not for my, my, it's more for pieces that are personal at this point. Um, mm-hmm. It isn't me building up my palm stones or my um, stones that I use in energy work. It's more for personal stones, but it's really about, the community that you've built mm. um, because these wonderful people, I can't say ladies because there are men and women. Um, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. A, and, and that's not always the case for the most part, you see women in a lot of the big, big yeah. buying crystal rooms and right. you've managed to draw in, you know, your brother and other men and yeah. um, people that we just, you know, it's, you get on there and you feel like you're seeing your friends and even though you're not seeing them, um, but you feel <laughs> like you're, you're conversing with people that, you know, and most of us that are on there on a regular basis now have followed each other and interact in our own social media. Um, and it's just been, it's so it's so powerful, but it's also been powerful to watch you learn to lead your community at mm-hmm. the same time stepping in and being a part of it. Because mm-hmm. I know personally, and this is away from Cheller's House of Rock, so I can say this, but I know you struggle a little bit with wanting to be in the community more than you're the leader. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't want to be your, <laughs> take me to your leader. Um, <laughs> but you know, you have found, I know other places that you are a part of communities that you are not necessarily the leader, um, groups and, and clubhouse and different things that maybe some of it, I know you're, you are also facilitating, but you are also a part of other where you're just a community member. Yeah. And because I've seen Cheller's house of rocks slash community grow the way I have just since you started last summer, Mm -hmm. I think it's probably fair to say that you're going to continue to grow in different directions with it as well. I mean, I don't know whether you see it always being tied just to crystals or whether I almost, I don't know why, but I feel like at some point you're going to have almost different branches of Cheller's house of rocks, where maybe there will be pieces that this is just about breath work and meditation and, and um, mindfulness. And, you know, I know you're a mother, so you could choose to branch off in that area if you wanted to, but also then here's Cheller's house of rocks, crystal sales. And then there's a meeting of the two in, in some different forms too. And I have noticed you've started to do some of that where you have, you know, some pop-ups that are more intentional. And then you might say Wednesdays, we do this. And then if you're going to have a more fun game night, family type of atmosphere, you let people know. And I know you're kind of playing with what fits, but is it fair to say that you're kind of trying to let this grow organically, but it may not always look exactly the same as it does now. Absolutely. And I think if I were to like step back and look at it month to month, you know, from, from when I first started every single month has looked very different and yeah, I am. I'm, I'm trying to let it grow organically. And a part of that is coming as I also find myself as Mm -hmm. well. And as I step into my own power, as I step into my own confidence and that 
is one of the greatest things that Cheller's House of Rocks has given me um, is, is my, my confidence. But it's not, like you said, it's not as a leader. It is as a facilitator. Because I know I'm not just a community member. You know, I am the person who created this Cheller's House of Rocks. But I feel like to say I would be the uh, leader, whatever term you would use, is not quite right. Facilitator. Facilitator is what I feel I have always been. Like you said, I community has always been something important to me, whether it is, um, you know, working as <laughs> um, working as an events coordinator or working in the yoga studio as a cleaner or, you know, I just like always step into these roles and become this facilitator. Um, and I, for a while I thought, oh, I guess I'm only supposed to be a helper role. I guess I will never be like the main person. I'll always be the really good kind of second in command who can kind of make things function. But then I started to realize with, with the crystals and with the rocks that people need somebody to lead the way for confidence in what they're doing, confidence in exploring crystals. And so that is the safe space that they need. And so if that's, if that's, (laughs) if that's what I am, then I'll take it. If anybody wants to say I'm some sort of leader of this community, I will take it. But I feel more that I'm a facilitator because Mm -hmm. I'm just providing a space where people can explore, where we can demystify crystals, as you were talking about earlier. And I don't know if we want to get into this at all, but talking about earlier that there is a science behind the energy, you know, just as the moon can change the tides in the ocean it can also create energies on the earth, in the rocks, in, you know, in space. And we are all made of energy. Mm-hmm. So there is, it is, it's, there's a lot of science to it too. And so I wanted to be able to have that space and be that facilitator of, listen, whether you love geology, you love the science, or you love the spirituality, you're safe here. This is a place where we can talk about all of it. There's not any one right way to love crystals. There's not any one right way to find mindfulness. We can explore all of it. And so tying this back to your original question, yeah, it keeps changing because I keep changing and because the community members keep changing and, and it's beautiful. And you're drawing in so many people that, I mean, of course we, we draw those we like you said, like-minded individuals. And I wouldn't say that it's a community of, I wouldn't say it's a community of grievers, but I would say it's a community of people that for the most part, all um, are very in touch with life and life's trials and tribulations, whether that be daily trials or whether that be, I mean, there are a lot of people in the community that um, are going through some really hard things. And some of that is grief related. I've connected with some of those people uh, Mm -hmm. and some of it is just, you know, life's freaking hard and COVID has been hard and 
the, the safety of the community that you offer, if somebody's just, if somebody's just barely interested in crystals and yet they don't really know about them, it's a safe place to be. If they just want to go and connect with other people that are also maybe a little lost, which this for me is where I have to tie it back to grief and say that as, as grievers of traumatic loss, yeah. we feel so lost and you feel so alone and to be able to have a place that you can go and connect. You know, I tell people to the part of finding their new self after this traumatic of a loss to a loved one, to suicide or traumatic death, you have to re you kind of have to be willing to strip yourself down enough to find out who, what the new you looks like, because if you spend a lot of time and energy thinking about, I'm going to at some point get all healed and I'll be back to the old me. Um, it's futile energy. The old me isn't there anymore. Right. Not to say there isn't any semblance of you or that your core values are different. Although sometimes some of our values change depending on the loss, but you're, you are building over and you see things so differently with, with, with significant loss and, the pain that's there from the loss of Alex has, has changed me on a cellular level. And the, the community that I have found, not only with the like-minded people that all share a love of crystals and all things woo, because you have everybody from, I will just call them regular people that probably don't reside in Wooville that enjoy crystals to those of us that are full on like mayor of the freaking city and yeah. the city works department <laughs> and the witches of Eastwick are hanging out there and everybody's <laughs> hanging out and we're all fully like embracing the fact that we don't even all have to like the exact same thing, but we're all celebrating and grieving life together. And it's just such a magical place to be. Um, and it's not, it's not always happy and it's not always sad and it's a mixture of everything, but yet I know most of us, cause they, people will say it, I've been looking forward to Wednesday all week. And yeah. so I can't, you know, if somebody's even, and you're so, you're so authentic and genuine that it just makes everybody else comfortable. And like I tell people about counseling, not that Cheller is my counselor, but <laughs> like I tell people about counseling because she is part of my wellness toolkit mm. is that don't come just one time, come several times, get to know the environment. If you're, if you, if you dip into Cheller's house of rocks, you could step in at an awkward moment because we sure. have those, right? Sure. We have moments where, where you're trying to deal with the kids or pops may be doing, that's her husband, maybe doing something really weird that people jump in and go, what is this? <laughs> it's about the bit. It's a, once you're a part of the community, it mm -hmm. all makes sense because it's yeah. a big picture thing. You are not trying to recreate the same, like you said, if you're just looking for a crystal seller and she's going to, she or he's going to show their table yeah. and they're just going to go through the rocks and sell them. There's a lot of that out there. And I don't think yeah. you, you actually readily share other crystal sellers and, and community and so there's a lot of that out there, um, but this yeah. is just a place that um, for people that are even, I can encourage my listeners that whether you were interested in crystals before, mm. but, it, but I think meditating with crystals 
only makes the meditation more powerful, which leads me into a good place to kind of, you know, let you speak and we can wrap this up because you and I are going to spend some time after this conversation and we're going to actually record a meditation that I'm going to release on a separate episode so yeah. that people can um, experience a little bit of the wonder that is Cheller and her ability to help you relax when you need to. And she has such a soothing voice. She has such a, a, that's that, you know, as I said in the beginning, and I promised everybody in the introduction that all of this would, would connect that just stick with us through the crystal talk. All of this will make sense and connect. Um, and if it doesn't, I'm like you, I mean, to me at this point, most of the people that follow the leftover pieces, this is like episode 25 or something. If I'm not the right person for them, that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I want to be there to help as many people as I possibly can, but this isn't grief and loss and the journey that we have that comes from it isn't any different than any other part of our life. As far as we're not going to connect with everybody through it. You're not, we're yeah. not meant to. Right. And so I am okay with the fact that the people that this resonates with, it does. I always tell people, please take what applies to you and leave the rest. Uh -huh. I've, I never for a moment think that everything I have to say is going to resonate all the time with everybody. And some people may find that I don't resonate with them at all. And I hope and pray they find the place that they do resonate yeah. with. Yeah. Um, but people that are listening that um, are interested in crystals, Cheller's House of Rocks is a really good place to feel safe and yeah. not worry about whether you don't know anything because Cheller admits when she doesn't know and people fill in the blanks when they, they can. And we all just kind of participate together in learning about crystal knowledge as Absolutely. far as that, that yeah. piece goes. So um, I, I think I've kind of touched on what you do in some of your sessions, but maybe it would be wrap up of what you'd like to tell people a little bit about Cheller's house of rocks and, sure. and what, and what you think you're going to um, what they can look forward to in the meditation that you're going to offer that I will post separately. Absolutely. Yeah, sure. So like Melissa mentioned, she talked about people looking forward to Wednesdays and that's because on um, my Instagram page, Cheller's House of Rocks, we go live every Wednesday. And we've made that a consistent thing every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific. People know that I will be live. And we've made it consistent that we always start with grounding and connecting through meditation. And that is fairly new that I've started doing that consistently. I've always I shouldn't say always, but, you know, from early on, I've been doing meditations or small breath work throughout the live, but I found as, as you also pointed out, Melissa, there are a lot of people that need healing that are coming for not just connection with other people, but because they're, they're broken in one way or another and trying to, trying to heal, trying to pick up pieces. And so I wanted to create a way that everybody knew when they could expect a grounding, connecting meditation. So we always start the live after kind of welcoming people in, allowing them, you know, a few minutes to, to come in and join. We start the live with either some breath work, 
some guided breath work, or a more visual meditation. And this allows us not only to ground ourselves and to meet ourselves where we are, but to also remind ourselves that we're not alone. You know, when you're on an Instagram live, you can see how many people are there together. There's a little number up in the top corner. So after my meditations, I always invite people to look at that number. It doesn't matter what the number is, but just to remind them that they're not alone, that whatever they're feeling today, they're not alone. There's somebody else out there who is feeling similar, who is going through it also, and who needs connection, who needs to know that there's more than just the pain they're feeling today, more than just the struggle, the hurt, the hard. And so I was really grateful when you asked me, Melissa, if I would do a meditation here, because like you said, yes, I'm in the crystal community, but more than that, I'm in the connection community. And I hope that this meditation that we'll be doing today can both help relax people and allow them to just center a little bit in such an uncertain time, but then also feel connected to those around them, to know that they're not alone, to know that I'm there with them as we meditate, you're there with them as we meditate, and that there are many others who will be listening to this that will also be there listening and connecting as well. Yeah. I, I agree. And I think that's beautiful. And everybody can, by the time this episode, this conversation comes out, your meditation will have been out before that. So it's kind of coming out in reverse order. But yeah. if somebody listens to this episode and hasn't, hasn't found the, the meditation prior, now know that listening to this today, her meditation is already posted. So you can now go back and find the meditation. It's so weird talking in past tense, but future tense. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So yes, if you're listening, because this at the time that Chiller and I are having this conversation, it's going to be probably close to a month before her episode, this, this episode airs on my podcast. So, but, but the meditation will be released separately. And before that, so the meditation's already out. If you're listening, um, <laughs> go find it and listen to it. Um, uh, we are going to do, uh, I am going to sit silently, but she is going to do a meditation um, that I asked her specifically to, I kind of gave her a couple of choices and the one she was led to do for those of us specifically that are grieving the loss of someone from suicide, um, I shared with her that it's very difficult often to find sleep or rest. Um, mm -hmm. And so it's going to be a guided meditation to kind of help with um, going into sleeping or going into um, a restful period. Mm -hmm. And so I look forward to you um, finding that episode. And as we close this conversation, Cheller, I know you've kind of alluded to it, but I will put everything in the show notes as far as where people can find you. Will you let them know the the names of all of the places they can find you? And if it's just Instagram, that's fine. But I didn't know if it was Facebook or other things as well. Yeah, right now I'm making it super simple. Just Instagram at Cheller's House of Rocks on Instagram. And, um, and then, like I said, on there, we do, we don't call them live sales. We call them community gatherings mm -hmm. or even community lives. Um, every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific. 
And, and sometimes she, she changes the times a little bit because she has little ones, but she's always very communicative with everybody and lets them know if it's not going to be at exactly that time or it gets changed or something. And it just uh, gives somebody, um, gives people something to look forward to. So great. I will share all of that in the show notes and probably some other, um, links and things that between you and I, we decide would be fun and appropriate to share um, in talking about uh, crystals and, and things. So I can't thank you enough for being on here. I, it has, it's people are really going to enjoy listening to this, but this has meant so much to me to be able to have this conversation because you're so important in, in Mm. my world. Thank you so much, Melissa. This is this is part of what I set out to do was to connect with people in ways that I didn't even know that I needed or that maybe they needed as well. And if anybody out there feels like they don't have anybody to talk to, I would encourage you to DM me. I'm always around, even if you just need to say, Hey, it's been a tough day. And I can say, you know what? I have those tough days too. Yep. I'm with you. Yep. Me too. I'll say that, that as well. So thank you so much. And um, I know we'll talk soon. Absolutely. Thanks, Melissa. Grievers, it is my hope that from today, you will take that which serves you and simply leave the rest. If you connect with what you have heard, please subscribe to get notified of my new episodes every week. And please feel free to share it with others in the suicide loss community. If you are so led, I would also be honored if you would leave a review so that others might find us more easily. You can find me and always to connect with me at my Instagram, The Leftover Pieces. I want you to know that I know how very, very hard life is now. It's true that we will never be the same, but we are going to be okay. We will figure this out somehow, together, and we will keep our loved ones with us because there is no getting over or past grief, only learning to live more gracefully alongside it. Only through talk can we keep their memories alive, learn to live again, and bring some awareness so that less will suffer. Join me again next week, and we will keep the talk going. We will sign off today as always, with the wise words of my Alex's favorite, Peter Pan. Never say goodbye, because goodbye means going away, and going away means forgetting. Grievers, no one here is forgetting. Talk soon.